You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. WNDZ 750 AM. Father Greg was director of the cathedral, along with Mark Teresi, who is director, not director, but heading up the 175th anniversary, along with the 150th anniversary, and also dealing with legacy and stewardship. How are you doing today, Mark? Good and very part-time. Um, <laughs> more full-time than you think, part-time maybe, but... You're a very hard worker, and uh, t- uh, by the way, we are not live. We, we taped this on November 9th, playback today, Monday, November 20th. So we really can't talk about football. Be- well, maybe we can, but I ho- hope we can't say it's not more, just more losses. And yeah, that, not uh, much to talk about. We have a great, great program lined up today, and grounded in our faith in Jesus Christ and the teaching of the Second Vatican Council's decree on Ecumenism and Declaration on Non-Christian Religions, the Office for Ecumenical and Interreligious Affairs works to foster Christian unity and to deepen our relationships with Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, and followers of other religions through initiatives that resonate on a local and global scale. Join us for the program today from the Archdiocese of Chicago's Office for Ecumenical and Interreligious Affairs are Dan Olson, the Director, Susan Padelic, the Associate Director, Dan, Susan, welcome to the program today. Thanks, Father Greg. Great to be here. Now, all the years that Dan has been on the program, we've had a running feud. Dan, huge Packers fan. I'm a huge Bears fan. But this year, Dan, for the first time ever, we both share two teams with losing records. I always say that about the Bears, but for the Packers, that's kind of new territory. Yes, it's it's awful to be in this place that you reside. But misery loves company, so great to be here. And before we started the program, Mark, we were talking. Dan has a son, 17 years old, whose entire life he has never seen a losing record of the Packers. Right. So he said, Dad, what's going on here? He, isn't it funny? He's never, he's not used to this. No, we watch Sunday football a little differently now. It's like, so this is, isn't as fun as it was last year. You watch, you watch it like Bears fans. <laughs> right. watching it, but it's fun. It's fun. It's good to grow a in, good father, in your fandom, and um, the winning seems better now. Exactly. So to kind of jump right into the program, um, with the work of the office, you know, maybe, Susan, a place to kind of jump right in is that would be, what is the Christian response to violence and conflict. In the work that you do, I mean, we can be talking Catholic, 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 Christian, I don't care what it is. What is the Christian response to violence and conflict in relationship to the work that you do with the office? One thing that we really focus on is being grounded in the teachings and the life of Jesus and his life, his death, his resurrection. And so we look to him as our guide in everything. In in relation with other Christians, people of other religions, we look to his example. And what is it that he tells us? He tells us, I give you a new commandment. Love one another. And when we're dealing with hatred and violence and all of these terrible things that are going on and that have always gone on but now are at a at a new height as christians we really f- 
need to live into that, to really go deep into what does it actually mean Mm -hmm. to love one another. This is not an abstract concept, you know. It's really, and it's not only out there, it's in us. How do we, what what does that mean? I I like the phrase, uh, and Dan, maybe you can elaborate on Sue's phrase, live into it. Dan, what, how does that strike you? Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's uh, it's a response in recognizing something in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, we we know violence and 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 hatred stems from a fear within. It's it's a fear of another. It's a dehumanization of another that allows us to express hate and violence. And it's recognizing that there's narratives all around. There's things within us too, though that lead us to not see the other for whom they are and made in God's image. And a Christian response requires us to see beyond that, to see beyond those narratives that try to make another into an object, into a caricature, into a demon, whatever it might be. Um, Christians are called to see the humanity in the other and God in the other. And so we have to live into that daily and remind ourselves of that. Otherwise, we lose sight quickly. And we need continually preach and live the message because it's so easy to get caught up in the ways of the world and say, what you're talking about, Susan and Dan, is so it's impossible. Well, we'll no, it's not. But I always say this. Anything that owns us, we need to let it go. Mm-hmm. Anger can own us. Bitterness can own us. An unforgiving heart can own us. And we need to let them go. Otherwise, we're not free. And we're not free. And this is just not a, a Catholic position. Oh, no. yeah. This is very ecumenical. And But I do remember, especially talking to my mother and my father and my uncle, when they were children, Catholics were not connected with people of other religions. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. I have an uncle, my mother's brother, God rest his soul, he died years ago. He said vividly from the Chicago neighborhood, Milwaukee Division, he was not allowed to go to the YMCA Mm -hmm. because the Protestants went there. As a boy, he could not walk into the Y and use the gym or swim because they were there. Mm -hmm. And and this is going back to the 1930s. We're not talking 300 years ago. Right. So what shifted with the church teachings um, that were in a different spot now? Well, what shifted was Vatican II's tremendous opening to humanity and to the world with their teachings, their their historic document, Nostra Aetate, um, which really brought us into deep relationship with people of other religions. And what it says, and people of other religions today, know they know this document for 60 years and more, mm-hmm. and they quote it. And they say um, how important it has been to really recognize the true humanity mm-hmm. of the other. And for us as Catholics, when we read the Gospels and we read the Bible and it says we our humanity is made in the image and likeness of God. And that means everyone, mm-hmm. <laughs> not just other Catholics, not just other Christians, but it means Everyone, And that is really the basis for our interreligious dialogue and our ecumenical relationships. And what we're talking about today, Susan and Dan, Dan, what's the greatest frustration you deal with or pushback from people? You know, I had you know, people say to me, you know, you know, Father Greg, what you talk about is so unrealistic. Mm-hmm. We live in a very hard world, dog eat dog. You talk about love and forgiveness. You know, get off your pedestal. They say it in a very nice way, but they're saying it's so unrealistic. Mm-hmm. We deal on an ecumenical level in terms of Christian response to violence and conflict. Dan, what's the thing that frustrates you the most in this whole work that you do? Uh, I think it's the resistance I get within the church itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those that think that this is something we shouldn't be about, we're diluting the faith, we're, mm-hmm. we're not... Um, being true to who we are, recognizing the, the the love, the joy, the the faith in another religious community, another person, 
uh, another Christian, it, it does something to one. It, it helps one to see the world in a different light. Um, these teachings that we're talking about here are fundamental to who we are as Catholics. These aren't I, I teach in the diaconate formation program. We were looking at the decree on ecumenism last night, which speaks about our call to Christian unity. And it says every Catholic clergy and lay has to do their part to build unity among Christians. But it's a message that I don't think we tell people much. I don't think a lot of Catholics um, know about this or think it's central to who we are even though the Vatican Council said this is one of our principal concerns. So to me, it's an ambivalence or an outright um, distrust of this project, this work from within the Catholic Church. I, I, I really struggle with that. And how do you become a disciple of Jesus? You're talking about mm -hmm. the teachings of Jesus. How do you become a disciple and not embrace what you're trying to do? I think one of the most important things, and we often don't really focus on this, and, and also to Father Greg's um, question about how do you respond when when people say, oh, that that's, you know. Mm -hmm. Pie in the sky. Yeah, pie in the sky. Well, excuse me. That's the teaching and the life example of Jesus. Mm -hmm. He is our foundation. Are we really serious about mm -hmm. him? Are we really, is our faith really serious? Because if we are, then we need to be with him, with his teachings, with his, pr in prayer, in understanding the depth of this teaching. One of the reasons all the all this is happening in the world is that we still are not living the gospel that he came here to live and to teach and to show us by example. Now, maybe one question before we go to break, and that is, I uh, just thought of it now. I know, Susan, you are a lifelong Catholic. We yes. were taught in the Catholic faith, mm -hmm. all, all four of us. In the work you do with the office, what have members of other religious groups taught you in this work? That is such a great question, so thank you for asking that. Mm. And that's, that's why I get the big bucks. Yeah, I, I would think so. I would think so. One of the great things that I have learned is being in relationship with people of other religions has made me a better Christian. And that has to do with exactly what I talked about, which is to really, because when I'm engaged with others and they ask me about Christianity, they ask me about Jesus, so I talk about Jesus. And if I'm going to be talking about him, I need to know him well. And so I have gone deeper and deeper into my faith for many, many years and have shared that. And I've seen how when I share that with others, it resonates deeply within them because of his focus on loving your neighbor and being a servant of peace. They understand that. What I find about that whole thing you just said is it's relationship with the Lord, not from the head, but the heart. It's from the heart. From the heart. Mark, take us to break. We're at WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago. We'll be back in a few minutes and can do, continue our conversation. One of the questions I would have, uh, Pope called uh, a day of peace uh, and prayer and sacrifice. I want to get your reaction to how was that received and what's next. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. will be a special night to remember on Friday, December 1st at Catholic Charities 2023 Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball at the Chicago Hilton. The Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball is one of the most elegant galas of the holiday season in Chicago, and proceeds provide critical funding for our programs and services into the new year. Gather your families, friends, and work colleagues for an extraordinary black tie event 
to celebrate the Christmas season. Enjoy an opening reception, gourmet meal, and live entertainment courtesy of the Ken Arlen Orchestra, all in support of Catholic Charities. Don't miss this special night for a great cause on Friday, December 1st. To purchase tickets and learn about sponsorships for the Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. We're back, WNDZ 750 AM Catholic Chicago. Before the break, I had mentioned a question that I'm going to ask Dan and Susan. Um, Pope had called us to a day of prayer and fasting a few Fridays ago in response to the terrible conflicts going on in the world, particularly in the Mideast. And uh, what was your, both of your uh, first reactions to it, but secondly, did it catch any steam in terms of people really embracing that moment? So from my perspective, I, I heard two responses, general responses. One is a deep appreciation that the Pope is recognizing the pain, the suffering going on and calling for a, an end to this in the way we know is very impactful through prayer. Um, I, but I have to admit I heard other people say this isn't the time for prayer. There, this is a time for action. And I, I see in that approach a, a sense that prayer may be ineffectual. Like, what are we doing here? That is not a Catholic understanding of the, the role of prayer. Um, so I tried to explain to a few people that I heard that from that this isn't doing nothing. This is doing what we do best. This is bringing God our, our, to God our challenges uh, and, and hoping – uh, for God to act, intercede in this matter. So, but I, I have to admit, I hear from some people they read it as uh, not doing much to address mm-hmm. the situation, and I resist that. Which I find people sometimes say, "Oh, prayer is so passive." No, no, I it find isn't. It's very active. It's doing something. Now, it may be not totally hands-on, but I think through prayer it can lead to that. You have to be open to the Spirit. And it does frustrate me. So, you know, let's let's stop praying and get to work. Well, and that that is exactly um, the one of the huge challenges that we, as people of faith, we we fall right into that pretty quickly. And what's really important for us is to understand, a, have a deeper understanding of what prayer really is. Because when we say everybody wants action, and of course, yes, we want to make a difference. And however. Actions need to be rooted deep within, as you mentioned, Father Greg, the heart. Actions that are disconnected from the heart come out with hatred and fear and on the surface. Mm -hmm. But as people of faith, as Catholic Christians and, and other people around the world who have a deep understanding of prayer, prayer opens the heart. Prayer mm-hmm. changes the heart. And when we are grounded in prayer and grounded in our hearts as Christians, we are resonating with the sacred heart of Jesus. Beautiful. And from there, that's where the action comes from, because if the action is not grounded in the heart, it will fall apart. And so if you want to be effective in your actions, they need to be grounded in the deep love and resonance of the sacred heart of Jesus in prayer. You know, very same lines. I, I love that insight there, uh, Susan. I find that if I don't begin my day mm-hmm. with prayer, yeah. then my day becomes doing a series of things, things. Right. that are disconnected. Exactly. It's like I'm not plugged in. Right. When I begin my rooted in the beginning, I own my own life. Once I hit the ground running for the day, I'm flying. If mm-hmm. I don't begin the day in prayer and just get that focus time early in the morning, then I'm, then I'm doing these things in a very disconnected way. Now, connecting all of this on a very broad ecumenical level, something last August huge took place here in Chicago, the parliaments of world religions. Dan, talk about that for a moment. It really is a 
unequaled gathering of uh, religious members of religious traditions from throughout the world. And we had the extraordinary gift of it being in Chicago for the third time in the past 130 years. Um, so it was a massive, I'm not going to lie, it was a massive undertaking oh, yeah. for those of us locally to welcome. But there's so many gifts in the relationship building that we had. Uh, people flying in from all over the world, local Catholics. How were many people attended? Almost 8,000. Mm. Wow. At McCormick at Place. At McCormick Place. Wow. So, so it was, I mean, there were so many wonderful moments in it, whether it was the Mass on the Feast of the Assumption when we, you know, you have Catholics from all over the world. We had a wonderful choir um, from St. Benedict the African. Joined. It, there were some joyful moments in there. The Cardinal spoke about our call to conscience. There, there was a, a session where we signed a declaration with other Christians on caring for our common home. Uh, dozens of presentations that we were a part of or assisted with. Uh, so it was really an energizing moment to come together as the world's religions. And Susan, what was your role and reaction to the whole? Oh my event? gosh. Well, Dan and I were co-chairs. So you're running around of all the, the time. Yeah. Of the Catholic host committee. There was mm -hmm. a host committee wow. with people of wow. other religions. So we, we worked on it for almost a year. Um, wow. Yeah. And what did you gain from the, those moments? What was the takeaway for you, Susan? Yeah. yeah, you know, it's one of the things that I felt from the very first time I went to a parliament in 1993. It was held at the Palmer House here. Mm -hmm. um, and that is that coming together of those 8,000 people from all over the world who look so different than me. Mm -hmm. No, You know, people of all, the, all these different um, cultures and countries and so for me, it's a microcosm of humanity and talk about image of God. So, so here's my question. My Italian-Polish combination comes in. What was the food like? You know, it was yeah. McCormick Place. <laughs> oh, so. I thought there'd be wonderful. No, no. There was the Sikhs. Why don't you tell them about that? Yeah, okay. <laughs> there, yeah, so aside from the McCormick Place thing, um, the Sikh community here, mm -hmm. there's a wonderful Gurdwara um, in Palatine, and one of the great tenets of the Sikh religion is to feed people. And so everywhere they are, they create a... a, a um, a good, um, they create uh, a langar that is their word for feeding people. Wow. And so you just go, and it's all free, and you sit on the floor in, in rows, and they just feed you and, and fill up your plates, and it's an extraordinary coming together of feeding Now, what people. is that food? It, it's from their uh, different cultures that— that they are connected to. It's vegetarian. Vegetarian. Oh, wow. It's yeah. stews, it's um, breads, it's... Uh, it was a host of things they would put... Uh, sometimes I didn't quite know exactly what it was, but it might have been it spicy. Great. It was great. <laughs> it was a, a great it was variety. Tremendous. A great variety. Yeah. And they would come around. They had uh, some sweets at the end. Um, it, it was... Um, Really, but the sitting together. Bishop Casey joined us one day, and we're mm -hmm. sitting next to him, and we're talking to people, and everyone's the same. You all get a head covering of the same um, cloth, and, and everyone's on the floor eating next to each other. And don't we say it all happens at the table? Exactly. exactly. This was a perfect, perfect example of that, exactly. and that happens all the time. If you go, and so something to know is wherever you are in the world, if you're near. A, a Sikh Gurdwara, which is their their holy place, um, and you're hungry, they will They'll feed, feed you. you. Wow. Dan, what was your biggest takeaway from the uh, summer gathering for the Parliament of the World of Religions? It, I go back to the relationships, uh, working together with local folks in Chicago, uh, forging bonds in, in the planning and the implementation. The the service, I go back to that mass, was such a moment of grace for me to to celebrate that in that context. Uh, but meeting people from all around the world, making new friends, renewing relationships with mm -hmm. others from around the country that flew in for this, 
That's what I'll probably yeah. most and, remember. And we brought our local religious partners together. We did programs with um, our ecumenical uh, relationships here that, that Dan did a few of those. We also did two programs with our Buddhist Catholic dialogue partners. So that was a great thing to, to uh, bring. To switch gears in the last few minutes, we go from the Parliament of World Religions, the entire month of October, the Synod held in Rome. Your thoughts, Susan? Well, this is an, an extraordinary event that's been really, really important to our church. It's taking us to another level about interconnection and really listening and understanding. So it's calling us to move into not only our historic understanding of church, but listening to one another now and in the moment. And Dan's been doing a lot of, of um, connection about that as well. There are so many things about this new way of being synodal and Susan pointed out listening one of the heartening things for our work was one of the chapters in the working document and then coming out was on ecumenism, the call to ecumenism and how to be synodal, to be working with to be in a listening posture is part of the ecumenical project and we have something to learn from those in ecumenical interreligious marriages. We have things to learn from those of us in this work about how to listen and dialogue as a church. So I'm hopeful that the work that we do will get more uh, centrally located in the life stream of the church. In the, and and I, I think there's something to be learned from other Christians, how they are synodal. Mm-hmm. They act differently, and they mm-hmm. have different ways of being, and they have for centuries. So what can we learn from them, and what can we teach them in those conversations? It's a real hopeful moment for mm-hmm. us. So maybe this is putting you on the spot creatively, but we'll continue this conversation after the program maybe many times. But So Holy Name Cathedral is coming up to the 175th, 2024, 2025. What should our responsibility be in celebrating that anniversary with ecumenism? Hmm. That's a great question, Um, and I hadn't thought about it in this way yet, but I I think if we could invite others to celebrate with us, it's it's an important moment for us. Mm -hmm. And to let people know that Catholics have been here. We have a history. We have a history with people, finding opportunities to tell those stories of how, whether it be through the cathedral or our local church headquartered at the cathedral, has worked with Jews and Muslims and Buddhists and other Christians, uh, doing maybe a series within that. Mm -hmm. Um, The Council of Nicaea is turning 1,700 years in 2025. Does the, do we look with other Christians at that council and Holy Name be a convener for that? I don't know. There, there are different ways that we could maybe creatively work with, with you in thinking right. this through. Yeah, I, think, I think part of it is if you take ecumenism seriously from a Catholic perspective, that we are not only teachers but listeners and right. learners. Exactly. See, that's the key because I think any great teacher is also a listener and a learner. If it's only one-sided, that's not a great teacher. So as a, as a Catholic community, to be able to, to teach, but also to listen exactly. and to learn. Susan? Yes, and one of the important things to remember about that word ecumenism is that it means Christian unity. That's mm-hmm. what we're about. And so that is part of, again, what Jesus said, his prayer, that we all may be one. That we may be one. And so we stand with him and we live with him from our hearts and have him as our foundation. On that note, we need to bring the program to a close. We want to thank in a very special way Dan Olson, the director of the Chicago, Chicago Office for Ecumenical and Interreligious Affairs, and Susan Videlic, the associate director for the very same office. Susan and Dan, you have been tremendous guests it was a very, very fast half hour. You'll be back on again. You'll have to come back until you finally get it right, Dan. <laughs> and, and to Susan, too. Thank you to co-host uh, Mark Teresi. Another great job. And to our producers, engineers, Michael May and Clint Cottrell. Michael and Clint, you had a tough morning, but you got through it. So God bless both of you and to our listeners. This being Thanksgiving week, coming up Thursday, but every day in our lives to give thanks. God bless. Great day.
listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. Uh, or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago and find us. Mark Teresi here sitting in for Father Greg Sackowitz, who's taking a well-needed rest. He rests one day every couple of years, so this is the day that he is resting. Uh, we're going to have a great show today on a, a great day in uh, Chicago. We're being pre-recorded, so it's a great day today, but with Chicago weather, by the time this is on the air, probably we'll be having a couple feet of snow. Anyway, formerly known as the St. Francis Retreat House in Oak Brook, Illinois, Maze Lake Ministries is a lay-led 501c3 Catholic Christian not-for-profit spirituality center. It's founded by Father Jonathan Foster, OFM, 1991. As a retreat house without walls, he must have been a visionary, especially in the last few years how we've needed to continue to um, be with each other spiritually and sometimes without those walls. Since 1991, Maze Lake Ministries has served the spiritual needs of Catholic, Christian adult women and men from all walks of life, providing multiple spiritual opportunities for people who seek deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. It's that respite time that we all need. Joining us for the first half of today's program to tell us more about what is new at Mays Lake Ministries, a great friend of Catholic Chicago, Dr. Mary Amore. Welcome, Dr. Mary. Good morning, Mark. How are you doing today? Doing very well. Before the show today, we were talking a little bit before we get into, well, maybe it is still, it's spirituality. We were talking about grandchildren. Absolutely, it is spirituality. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How does that How does that impact you in terms of your grandkids and your spirituality? You know, I, Mark, I I love my grand. We've got two granddaughters. Mm-hmm. Alice is um, thirteen, and Mia is eleven. And as we were talking, um, they keep us real. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because they they have no filter, <laughs> and you just you know, so you have to be authentically living your faith, you have to be a role model, you know, because they're always watching you and they're, they're commenting. The other night, I, I got a call from my, my littlest one, Mia. She was working on a project for school, the rosary. And she said, Mimi, tell me what you know about the rosary. (laughs) I go, well, I I know a lot about the rosary. What specifically are you Mm -hmm. looking for? She goes, well, tell me about the mysteries. And so I proceeded to tell her, I said, well, the mysteries are the life of Jesus. I said, so you know, the Hail Marys are meant to help us enter into the mysteries, to the stories of Jesus. She goes, wow. She goes, I never knew that. <laughs> I mean, they're just, they're like little sponges. And I, and I love sharing faith with them because they really just, you know, everything that we're so used to saying and knowing and living is just so new for them. And, you know, Lord knows they need faith in this world more than ever. Right, Mark? Right. And we have twins. uh, as We have um, six granddaughters and a grandson, a brand new granddaughter. I mentioned at our last show that uh, Emma, Emma Catherine came this past Saturday. But but what's interesting is um, the twins. A couple Christmases ago, they were doing a project and they were building the manger scene. Mm. And they're twins, so they put uh, two Jesuses in there. They figured that <laughs> he had to be a twin if they were a twin. 
That's how they perceive the world. That's their world, right? Exactly, so. exactly. Well, let's talk a little bit about Bays Lake Ministries. What's what's going on? What's coming up, uh, especially as we approach a, uh, a Thanksgiving and Advent and a time, just FYI, years ago, a great dear friend of mine who was my pastor at St. Zachary's, Father Joe McGinnity, had our staff, he planned an, a day of, of reflection during Advent, and everybody mm. complained about it. We're so busy, we're so busy, we're so busy. And he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. If we're modeling what people, and we want people to take that time in reflection, and we don't take that time, we're not modeling really good spiritual behavior for folks. So anyway, what's going on? What's going on? What's exciting well, new? Next Saturday, we have our annual fall conference, and our, our friend, Father Ronald Rollheiser, um, will be with us again. This is like our fifth year in a row that he has joined us. Um, we originally were hoping this would be in person and then online, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, uh, Father Ron's had a couple health issues this year he struggled with, and so after talking to him and everything, we thought it would be in his best interest if we just offered this once again on Zoom. Mm -hmm. So um, anyone who's listening, you know, you could still stay in your pajamas next Saturday, <laughs> November 4th, and you can tune in from 9 to noon and hear the absolute pearls of wisdom from Father Ronald Rollheiser. Do you want to give us a little background on Father so that people understand, you know, what a force, a spiritual force he is. Oh, he really is. Um, he is just a, a gifted author um, of so many numerous books. I can't even call to mind um, all of them now. But um, he's going. To, he's an oblate, um, and his um, ministry is with in San Antonio. But I think he's recently retired from that and is just now doing presentations and writing. Mm -hmm. He is a, a prophet. In our own times and the way he sees the world, I, I believe, is how Jesus sees the world. Um, and so, you know, he's going to be speaking on the mystery of the incarnation oh, wow. and how that leads us to experience the Eucharist in a more profound um, manner. So I think it's going to be, as always, it's going to be very interesting for those people that are listening now and haven't registered. Um, if you are going, oh, man, I'm busy next Saturday or something, no worries. Because it's on Zoom, we will record it and we'll offer it to you. If you register, you can watch it at any time then. So we try and make it um, available to everybody. Father Ron has such a following. We have people registered, Mark, from Australia, Beautiful. from Scotland, Canada. So, um, you know, with the time change, it's good that we can record it. And then um, send them the link, and they can watch it at their own time. And maybe possibly, you know, our, our listeners um, may have heard the word incarnation, but maybe don't, you know, maybe would want to come, but maybe they just don't know what that word means. Do you want to put your teacher hat on a little bit? And sure. Um, the you know the mystery of the incarnation is is you know the word became flesh. Jesus took on human form, um, and and he did that so that really, essentially, he could teach us how to live in this world as his presence, mm -hmm. as human beings. And, you know, if, if we if we turn on the TV or we look outside, you know, we're not doing a really great job as living mm -hmm. as human beings. And so, you know, I think talking about the mystery of the incarnation and linking it to the greatest mystery of our faith, which is Eucharist, um, will be absolutely um an outstanding program it's beautiful so it's saturday november 4th 9 to noon um registration is 40 dollars, and people can register online at www.mazelakeministries.org um again as father um, greg always has to right. repeat right um www maislakeministries.org or you can call our office and we can register you by phone the number at our office is 630-852-9000 one more time again yeah. 
Um, we'll take your information and then we'll be sending a, a Zoom link to everyone who registers probably on Wednesday so that they don't get it lost in their email. So. And so if they uh, register, if they want to see it later than the day it's happening, it, mm-hmm. that's the same fee and the same process, correct? Correct. As long as they register, um, if they cannot attend the November 4th live session on Zoom, Um, We will then, all they need to do is just contact the office or email me, and then I can, we'll send out the link once the event is over. You know, we have to record it first. So Now, in case case folks... And then we have the handouts Father will send us, and we will forward those to the um, registration people as well. You know, in case uh, folks haven't heard you or maybe don't know what Maze Lake Ministries is. Could we just give a thumbnail of Maze Lake Ministries? Because it's a fascinating, fascinating uh, journey. You know, it is, in today's world, it is a fascinating place. As you read in our description, you know, we were founded in 1991 by Father Jonathan Foster, Franciscans, and um, we were founded as a retreat house without walls. Because as you said, he had this vision Mm -hmm. of taking the gospel out Mm -hmm. because the retreat house was closing. And so he was forming this organization um, that would be lay led and and um, minister to people wherever they are. For 33 years, we have done that Mm -hmm. in the last, I would say, 10 years or so. There's been a shift. Again, people are just over worked, overscheduled. They're not taking the time for retreats. So um, what we found is there is a great need for spiritual direction. Mm -hmm. And so we have now really become, I would say, the center for Catholic spiritual direction in Chicago, if not all of the Midwest. We have 50 spiritual directors affiliated with us, Um, certified um, lay ministers, um, priests, religious sisters, um, and they're all here. Um, And we have um, ecumenical spiritual directors as well, because everyone's spiritual journey is different, Mark. And, you know, the the beauty of spiritual direction, it's not someone telling you what to do. You sit with a spiritual director so that you can, um, they can help you find where God is moving in your life right now. Even if you are in a terrible place, Um, And feeling that God has abandoned you, a spiritual director can help you find those moments of grace that says, no, God is here with me. He is here on this journey. And 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 I, I will I will draw closer to him. And so a spiritual director really helps you gain those glimpses of grace and and delve deeper through scripture and prayer. Um finding God's presence in your life. So um, you know, I really uh Doing spiritual direction for yourself is the greatest gift you can really do for your spiritual journey. Now, Mary, why I've never met why, anyone that's done spiritual direction that said, "Boy, I, I wish I hadn't done that." You know, Mary, people why, are in it for years. Yeah, Mary, so. why don't you, before we take a break, why don't you explain to folks how they can connect with a spiritual director? Okay, um, you know what? I do all the intake calls, so call our office at six three zero. Eight five two nine thousand. I sit and I talk to you. It's all confidential because we have fifty spiritual directors. I I try and pair you with um, the right spiritual director, the one who will understand what you're, you know, going through right now in life. Because everybody has different experiences. So, um, you know, again, we've said this before. They call me the divine connector in the <laughs> office because I, you know, I, I pray to the Holy Spirit to connect the person on the phone with the right spiritual director and so far we have a we have a good track record so that's that is good that's wonderful um we're gonna take a little break when we come back i want to talk a little bit i mean you can talk more program but i also want to talk to you about the idea that this is a lay-led ministry you know and what's our responsibility with those vatican ii documents in terms of bringing people to christ we're all on for that discipleship So when we come back, um, let's chat about that. WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago. Mark Treacy sitting in here for Father Greg Sackowitz. We're we're with Dr. Mary Omori. We'll talk more about Mays Lake Ministries, not for um, lay-led ministries. Uh, I want to delve into that with her. You can see us on youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. 
always say, how can you spend your day with three-year-olds? Seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow, this is a very rewarding job. Even though at the end of the day, we're not the highest paid people on earth. And when I have a parent contact me and say, my child loves school, that to me, I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning. Because really you are changing lives, you are molding lives. Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. WNDZ 750 AM, Catholic Chicago. Mark Tracy sitting in here uh, for Father Greg Sackowitz. Today he's taking a well-deserved uh, day of rest, as Mary and I said before the program, long overdue. Uh, he just he's a great he's a great priest. He's a great person, great priest, energy for everybody else, and every once in a while you need that. Well, Mary, you're that's what you're all about taking that time. We go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Before the break, I had said, let's focus a little bit. We'll talk more program, but talk a little bit about this is a lay-led ministry. What are we called to? And I remember I taught fifth grade my first year out of college at St. Clement's, walked our kids over to the Mother Cabrini Shrine. We had that little break, Mother Cabrini. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to emphasize to them, she walked these sidewalks. She walked these Mm -hmm. streets. And and we're all called to do whatever we can do. You mentioned before the program, well, if God gives us the energy, we're on for that ministry. Do you want to talk a little bit about lay this lay? You're you're probably a trailblazer in terms of this lay-led ministry. It just it didn't happen before you took the reins. How long ago? Um, it'll be eighteen years in January. Yeah, and oh. and eight. It's a you've added your spiritual and professional dimension to this whole lay-led ministry. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? You know, Mark, I I think, thank you. Um, You know, I I was raised at St. Eulalia School in the 1950s before Vatican II. And, um, you know, everything was centered around, you know, the religious sisters and, 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 and priests. And so they we just assumed they would do everything for us. Then Vatican II came in and 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 acknowledged the the primacy of the baptized body of believers. I mean, we are the royal priesthood of believers, all of us. And from baptism is where people are called to ordination or to the religious life. But we all start out as baptized body of believers. And so I think what um at least for me, what a lay-led ministry means is acknowledging that we are called, we are gifted by God through the waters of baptism and through the sacramental life we've received, and how do we use those gifts to help other people come closer to God? Um, you know, spiritual direction is absolutely um, a ministry for lay people. You know, there's only one father in the parish, and you know, poor Father Greg. I mean, everybody wants you know his time. Exactly. And, and you know, our, our our clergy and our religious sisters are just they're burning out. And so the laity are here to work together with them. Um, and and going back again, spiritual direction is just such a marvelous way um, for a lay person to sit with another lay person. Um, and to discuss, you know, where is God in my life mm-hmm. and, and how can I draw closer to him? So, so we've, all, we've all been gifted with many gifts and talents. Go ahead, Mark. I was just going to say, so go back 18 years ago. Who 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 hired you? Um, Father Jonathan Foster. He did. Why? Um, well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, there was a couple of people in the running. 
But, you know, God uh, just uh, put the right words in my mouth, the right words in my heart. And I think Father Jonathan just said, no, she's the one. And, you know, years later, because, you know, he didn't he didn't say things to me right away. But years later, he said, you know what? You're exactly what I always envisioned the executive director to be. He said, because you not only run the ministry, he said, but you offer programs. You're out there with people. You travel, you go to parishes, you give talks. He goes, that was my vision. Mm -hmm. um, he said, and I wasn't the first executive director. I might have been maybe the third, I think, mm -hmm. but they, they had shorter terms. Mm -hmm. But, you know, yeah, I if you would have said to me I'd be there 18 plus years, I would have said, well, <laughs> but here I am. And that the ministry is flourishing. Tell us some more about uh, the exciting things coming up. That's a key okay, in terms of ministry. You're not, you know how they say, um, uh, some teachers teach once and then repeat themselves every year, mm -hmm. uh, but the good ones have a vision and every year things change. So what's mm -hmm. changing by you? Okay. Well, what, we, what we've noticed again, I always tell you, the beauty of Mace Lake Ministries is that we, we stay fluid and we are aware of what's going on in the world. And the world's in need of healing, mm -hmm. hugely, um, you know, and so we've got two programs that um, are really focusing on healing. The first one is it's called Breaking the Silence. And this is um, it's a pilot program at, at Maze Lake. It's it's a ministry for raising awareness of mental health. Oh, wow. For parish leaders. OK, we've got four certified spiritual directors who are running this. Barbara Topp, Kathy Maselli, Bernadette Bogard, and Elaine Jimenez. And um, they have taken the Catholic Sanctuary course, which is a, a mental health um, course that, uh, you know, that, that's offered. And they have put together a wonderful program to offer um, spiritual leaders in parishes um, ways to... Um, acknowledge and to uh, notice mental health issues in parishes in their people mm -hmm. and to give them the resources to help it's not um a, a you know a counseling program giving mental health um re uh, counseling it's more to help them have the vocabulary to discuss with some people or family members who are suffering from mental health issues in their parish to help them uh, get the right resources and tools um, to equip the faithful with a loving support system. So um, I'm really excited about it. This Breaking the Silence is a program that um, is offered at Maze Lake during the afternoon, but the team of facilitators is also willing to go out to parishes to um, meet with um, the parish leaders in their own um, place if, if they can't come out to Oprah Terrace. So it's, again, to help create a dialogue between the church and the family members that are suffering with this, um, you know, mental health issues in their family. Yeah, that is, it's key. And one of the things we're learning at Holy Name Cathedral, because we have a um, a sister, Katie Mitchell, now has joined uh, our staff, and she's worked in a lot of these areas. And one of the things we're learning from people who have lost a spouse is they don't necessarily want to be involved in a group called bereavement. Mm -hmm. they, they don't want to be – they know that they need to break the silence of that loneliness, but they want to be in a vital group um, that – that really looks forward. I mean, they need to mm -hmm. embrace their past, that beautiful, the beautiful relationship they had, uh, but they want to move forward. Is there anything for senior citizens that that you have in terms of programs, or are you thinking about it? Well, in Lent, we will be offering um, our Friday afternoon faith club. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have to laugh because. <laughs> You know, most defined senior citizen, but, you know, a lot of people that come to our programs are of that age. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we got to get the young people coming, but you right. know, all of our programs are designed for people our age. But mm. our Friday afternoon faith club that we offered last year, and it was very successful, 
Um, you know, it, it starts with noon mass at Oakbrook Terrace because um, uh, we're in Ascension Parish of our Lord. And then it goes on to um, we have different yeah. talks that are inspiring. You know, again, spiritual direction is a great way to help people move forward through grief. Now, in our last two minutes, this time has just gone way too fast for me. I know, see? Yeah. But what, could you give us, uh, again, what you want to invite people to now and during Advent? Okay. Um, well, I would like to, people to um, also know that we have two wonderful programs coming up. Um, Boundless Compassion is another program about healing, okay? It's a program that was founded by um, Sister Joyce Rupp, and it is facilitated by Betty Bentley one of our spiritual directors, and also um, a certified boundless compassion facilitator. She's offering a program on Saturday, November 11th. It's called River of Suffering, and um, it's from 9.30 to noon. It's $25 to register online or by phone. And in this session, people will be um, invited to express what they believe is the cause and effect of their suffering, um, and how it how they can respond to others who are suffering around them and to find hope in the patterns of life, death, and rebirth. Um, I you know, Betty's she's given this uh, Sister Joyce Rupp has six pillars of um, compassion that mm-hmm. can actually transform us. Betty gave a program before it was wonderful. This is the second pillar. She'll be giving all um, four other pillars coming up in um, Lent. So we'll be revisiting this topic. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I'd like to thank you, Dr. Mary Amore, again, Executive Director, Mays Lake Ministries. Wish you and your family a very blessed Thanksgiving and holiday season. And I'm sure we'll be be chatting uh, again. Um, Just keep up your wonderful ministry. And, And you're an example to folks about, you know, grab onto that um, that tale of the Holy Spirit and and, and ride with it. So thank yep. you, thank you again for your example and your ministry. This is WNDZ 7:50 a.m. every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.